0: This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast. A show that brings meaning and purpose to the fantasy season. It's our hope to help you win your league. But more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. This is the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MetaShare, we are live, and together we'll unpack fantasy, faith, and life. I'm Bryce Johnson with Harrison Zuckerberg, and we are your fantasy coaches here to encourage you and help you win while finding meaning and purpose throughout the fantasy season. We won't always be right, but we hope we'll be convincing We're a part of the Unpacking It podcast network. I'm coming to you from the Unpacking It Ministries studio here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Panthers win over the weekend. But what about DJ Moore? What's going on with DJ Moore? We'll discuss that today. We will play a little peace, panic, or partially concerned about a couple of players. Uh, We've got a lot of thoughts on the waiver wire. There are a couple players that I'm passionate about one way or the other. Uh, whether we pick them up or don't pick them up. And, and Harrison and I may disagree on a couple of guys today as well. Uh, so we'll try to help you there. And we'll do some fantasy shenanigans. I want to hear from you. Uh, what kind of situations did you face last night in Monday Night Football? Came down to the wire for me. I'll share that in just a moment. Uh, this is Fantasy Football Fellowship. Uh, hopefully you have already become a member of Fantasy Football Fellowship and, and you find that on our website fantasyfootballfellowship.com. Uh, each week we have a different breakout. And and so we take a fantasy concept related to the Bible, related to our own lives. We do Why did I do That's right. We are talking about regret today and and so we will we will discuss uh, some of the players that we regret Drafting, not drafting, and, and then how that relates to the Bible and our own lives. And so we'll, we'll have some fun uh, with that and also some uh, <laughs> some frustration. We'll get some of that out. So Some of the guys were, we're bummed that, uh, <laughs> that we missed out on or, or that are sitting on our, our rosters not producing points just yet. So, uh, so we'll get to that. Uh, also, uh, we send out a weekly newsletter. And, and so if you're a member, you get that. Uh, You can also sign up for free to receive that in your email inbox. Again, fantasyfootballfellowship.com. Last thing, then we'll do some fantasy shenanigans. Uh, We are brought to you by MediShare. If you're looking for an affordable, reliable healthcare option that you can trust, check out MediShare today. MediShare.com slash unpacking it. MediShare.com slash unpacking it. All right. So last night, I went into Monday Night Football. And we'll say hello to Harrison. I want to hear Harrison's reaction to this. All right. I needed Saquon Barkley and Tony Pollard to outscore Zeke by six points. Check. It happened. All right. I got the win. I needed 23 points from Barkley and Pollard combined. Check. We got it. I needed 58 from Barkley. Didn't happen. That was a a Monday Night Miracle. It did not happen. Uh, Man, I went head-to-head with an owner who had Hertz Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews, too much to overcome. And then this is the one that I, I ended up waking up to this this morning uh, because I watched the, the game th- this morning. Uh, so I was up by 10 and a half points going up against Tony Pollard. Okay. And I'm watching the game this morning and I'm thinking, okay, Pollard, not, he's not really doing it. He's not getting a ton of carries. He's not getting a lot of catches. And guess what? He ends up scoring 11 and a half I lost by one point it was devastating and the crazy shenanigans about this team in particular I started Russell Wilson DJ Moore Darren Waller Rashad Bateman all under 10 points terrible performance from all those guys and you're like all right Bryce you're in trouble this is a terrible team what are you doing Well, I thought I thought you knew what you were talking about why you why do you have these guys well then you go over to my bench you got Khalil Herbert you got Romeo Dobbs, you got Trevor Lawrence, you got Chase Edmonds, all had monster days. My bench was better than my starters. Big whiff this week, but we'll be okay. No panic uh, for, for me on that league. But, uh, but anyway, that's how I'm feeling today. Feeling all right. Uh, overall, my teams are looking, looking pretty good, heading in the right direction, but definitely some c- concern with Russell Wilson uh, leading the way. So I may have to make the switch to Trevor Lawrence. We'll, we'll see about that. But i like the matchup up this week with Russell Wilson going against Las Vegas everybody's kind of bouncing back, going up against Vegas. We saw that with the Titans and Derrick Henry. So maybe that'll be the case for, for Denver. But Harrison, how are you doing? What kind of shenanigans did you face this weekend? So this weekend, my one team that had scored 135 points the first
1: two weeks, but had lost because I'd been playing guys who had Lamar Jackson, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown, they were putting up 150, 160 points against me. This was the first week where it played a team who didn't score you know, an absurd amount of points. My opponent only scored 84, so very winnable game for me. However, my team only put up 68, half the point totals that it's been putting up so far this season. Herbert led my team with only 12 points as my quarterback. Everyone else scored in single digits, guys like Javante Williams and you know, Rashad Bateman and Aaron Jones. You know, Just not a yeah. good week for me. But the worst part about it was, was I started Rashad Bateman and Brandon Cooks as my two wide receivers. On my bench, I had Chris Olave, Isaiah McKenzie, and Alan Lazard, who all had great games. Starting any one of those guys instead would have won me the week, but unfortunately I I didn't have the confidence in putting Olave in yet. Um, So I'm now 0-3 in that league. And what is crazy about that league is myself, I came in second last year. And the guy who won the league are both 0 3 to start the season. So that's just how fantasy fantasy football works sometimes. You go from being in the championship last year to now 0 3 to start the year. But in my other leagues, I'm rolling. I'm 3 0 in another league, doing well in some others. So it's just this one league. I got to figure it out. My guys got to figure out the right weeks to boom or bust and not do it like not all bust at the same time. That can't happen.
0: That's it. I'm with you. I'm with you. So I think overall, though, uh, the, the the big thing through three weeks, you don't want to have the major injuries where one of your top picks goes out for the year. And we really haven't seen that quite yet. Um, we'll talk, as, as we discuss waiver wires today, some some key temporary injuries that, that we've got to keep an eye on. DeAndre Swift, David Montgomery, Dalvin Cook. Those guys, there, there's definitely some concern, uh, but we haven't seen the, you know, on IR, out for the year quite yet to the major studs. Eli Mitchell, maybe the best player uh, so far who, who's out for at least a, a while, significant, significant time. Um, so, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll start off things as well with a little accountability. Uh, we always try to share kind of, all right, here's where we missed, uh, and something we said on the show especially. And so for me, I, I've, I've been waiting for DJ Moore to get going. Uh, we've seen the talent. We've seen what DJ Moore can do With bad quarterbacks, Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, even P.J. Walker, it hasn't mattered. But with Baker Mayfield, the connection is not there. Not yet. And and I thought, all right, this will be the week. Uh, I thought every week would be the week, and it has yet to happen. Uh, Only seven receptions through three games. Uh, Last week, one reception. So not not a good start for him. Uh, There's definitely panic there. There's a lot of panic there. I've been wrong about him. Uh, targeted him, was excited to to have him on my on my team, um, and he has been a letdown. and may have to be benched until we see it. If, if, if you have the depth, and there, we've seen a lot of wide receivers step up uh, through you know across the league, uh, even you know just kind of sh- showing some of the the depth at the position. So if you've got those guys on the bench, you might have to put them in for DJ Moore. I think that's a, a, a strong consideration until we see it. So where where's some accountability for you, Harrison? for me it's it's drake london
1: you know i did not think that drake london was going to be an amazing fantasy player this year being on the Falcons, just because i didn't think there was going to be enough scoring opportunities for him i thought they're going to be really run heavy with mariota kyle pitts was going to take a lot of targets but he has become a great rookie wide receiver for the atlanta falcons and for fantasy he scored double digit fantasy points every week he's had a 20 point game already so far this season so i'm really regretting not taking him in the middle rounds because we knew the talent was there But the situation, I just couldn't overlook the situation in the draft. Now I'm really regretting it. I did not think he was going to be good, but he's been a top 20 receiver so far. So props to you if you drafted Drake London in your drafts this year.
0: Yeah, I I missed on him as well. I just avoided Atlanta, except for Kyle Pitts, who finally had a a bounce back game. And so uh, that leads us to uh, that's what I'm talking about. So some things that, that we actually did get right, we're feeling good. So, Last week, I said, don't panic on Kyle Pitts. It was a solid bounce back game. Not unbelievable, but still five of eight targets, 87 yards. So I think the positive thing with Atlanta is this offense continues to at least show some life. And I think Drake London and Kyle Pitts can be counted on throughout the season. I think, I think that's, that's where we stand. The running back situation, to me, is a little murky. Uh, you know, Cordero Patterson's been fine. Uh, it looks like Algier. Is that how we say it? Algier? Uh, he's he's getting into the mix too, the rookie, and so he may make things uh, interesting there uh, as well. The the a couple other things that I'm I'm excited about, feeling good about, kind of being <laughs> right to a certain extent. I love the third wide receivers on good offenses, and so this past week we really saw three guys shine, and that was Josh Palmer with the Chargers. Even though the Chargers overall were not great, but but Palmer. Uh, stepping in for Keenan Allen. He actually played well. Six of nine, uh, uh, six catches out of nine targets, 99 yards. And then how about KJ Osborne? Now, Justin Jefferson's not doing anything in Minnesota the last couple of weeks, but Osborne, five catches, 73 yards, game-winning touchdown. And then the third guy, Isaiah McKenzie in Buffalo. So you mentioned him. Uh, he had seven catches, 76 yards, and a touchdown. So, those guys, I think some great value uh, where, you know, in some ways were, they were overlooked for the studs that are on those teams, uh, all three of those rosters. Uh, but those guys, there's opportunity. It won't be every week. won't be every week. But as a flex guy, especially during bye weeks, I think all three of those guys will be, you know, it's worth rostering them and it's worth starting them in certain situations, certain matchups and that kind of thing. So anything else you're excited about, feeling, feeling good and right about?
1: Well, I'm not really feeling great about it because he's my starting quarterback, but I did bench Russell Wilson this week, and it paid off because he just had a terrible game against the 49ers. So long-term, I'm not feeling great, but this week I felt good that I made the right move by benching Russell. And then also with the Broncos, I'm feeling really good about choosing Cortland Sutton over Jerry Judy.
0: Yeah, that was
1: the big question that everyone had in the draft. So, you know, one of these guys is going to be great. One of them's going to be Russell Wilson's favorite. Who's it going to be? I think we can very safely say through three weeks now, Cortland Sutton is the alpha there. He is the guy Russell Wilson's going to. I know Judy's been banged up, so we haven't really seen it, but he was back, only had two catches last game. I think Sutton really has the chemistry with Wilson, and you know we really want Denver to get better. I don't know. It's, it's a really scary situation. They may just never get better on offense, and this might just be the type of team they are for the rest of the year. But I think Cortland Sutton is going to be great there regardless.
0: All right, so I, I will continue to hold out hope for Denver. And, and we just got a uh, question, and so leave your comments, questions, uh, wherever you're listening. But, but Noah asks, should I start Javante Williams or Leonard Fournette? And I'm, I'm sticking with Javante Williams. Now, I will, I will confess and admit that I didn't buy the narrative that Melvin Gordon was still going to be part of this 50-50 split. But he is, at least for now. I still see the talent with Javante Williams. I see the ceiling, the the higher ceiling. Um, it's it, the potential. It's there. Denver's got to figure it out, and and we have to be patient. I talked about this on the the unpacking it show yesterday. We have to have patience when it comes to to being fans and and also fantasy owners for for certain offenses, certain teams. And to me, Denver is that team. It's it's a young running back that that I think as the season goes on, we'll get more carries. It's a new quarterback. It's a new head coach. They're, they're all figuring things out. Do not give up on this Denver team just yet. And to your point, Harrison, Cortland Sutton, he's already emerged. That gives you that glimmer of hope. Now Wilson just needs to find some of the other weapons, be consistent, and he needs to be willing to run. You got to run Wilson. You've got, we saw it. We saw a glimpse of it. He's capable. He's still got the the, the wheels. He's just got to turn it on more often. Don't get, don't get fearful on me, Wilson. Um, so, uh, so anyway, but as far as who to start, I'm definitely going Williams over Leonard Fournette.
1: Um, I think it depends on the makeup of your team. Cause if you've got a lot of boomer bust receivers, like a Tyreek Hill then I might lean Fournette cause we know he's going to get 20 touches and have a pretty safe floor, even if he doesn't score. But if you're looking for upside, then I would definitely go with Javante William on a week to week basis.
0: That that's fair. Um, one other thing I guess I'm feeling good about the, the Tampa Bay Bucks offense is a disaster. And if you listen to this podcast in the off season, I warned you to avoid the Bucks. Avoid the Bucks. So so far, that that has lived up to the hype. Uh, you know, receivers are injured, so that's part of the deal too. But they're not they're not moving the ball. They're not scoring touchdowns, and and it's 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 concerning. Uh, for for people that that have shares of Bucks players, even hoping that maybe Cole Beasley, uh, you, you know, you're, you're throwing darts at this point, trying to get these guys, somebody, somebody on that offense to really get going. Uh, but I think I don't know. It just doesn't seem some doesn't seem to be clicking yet. So we'll, we'll see if that changes at all. But I'm not counting on it. I'll, I'll put it that way. Um, any other uh, kind of initial reaction from the weekend, and then I'm going to jump into uh, the the breakout. Any kind of trends or uh, kind of big picture type observations that that you've had, um or even going back to uh, to Monday night football any any reaction to that to that game in particular?
1: So I think one big picture thing that's that's really like evident this year is that defenses in the NFL are playing really well. All of these games that we've seen have been really low scoring, especially the primetime games. And I think for fantasy, what's really interesting with that is we keep seeing these weeks of, you know, one guy getting a 40-point week and then the next week scoring five points. Where in the past, you, your stars have been pretty consistent in the past. There's always been guys who are scoring you know, 15, 20 every week. It's been really weird so far to see one week where the offense is clicking and the next week they get completely shut down by a defense. But I think that this year you're going to have to put a lot more skill on who to start when rather than just rolling your guys out every week because the way defenses have been adapting at an NFL level
0: yeah and i i still i'm always a believer in preseason football. Let the guys play, let them de- get the rust off, develop some rhythm, some chemistry. The idea that we're sitting these guys i, I just i just don't get it. I really don't uh, unless you just you're you're willing to to struggle and potentially lose early in the season that's that's what you're you're up against. um you know even a team like the Rams, like they still haven't gotten things going yet. I mean they're still they got the win against Arizona, but Stafford, we're still there's still some questions there. Uh, you can always count on Cooper Cup. That's a that's about it right now. But our guy Allen Robinson up and down. Uh, the running back situation still a little murky there. Uh, I don't know if you buy into to Acres moving forward. Still 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 I'm questionable. St- I'm about still a him. little
1: bit questionable there because of Henderson Acres. I just don't want to touch it. I don't want to know you know who's the guy to start this week. I, I think they'll both be valuable, but not for me and what I want to do with my team. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. All right. So today's topic is about regret. And, and kind of before we do that, we also like to do a little segment, shoulda, woulda, coulda. These are kind of dumb lineup decisions or guys that we're kicking ourselves for either not drafting, picking up or, or starting. And so I, I did five drafts this year, five live drafts. And I'm there. I'm ready to draft. A couple of them were in person. However, there was a moment in one of my drafts where there was an auto draft and I got stuck with David Montgomery. And I didn't want David Montgomery because if you listen to the show, you know I love Khalil Herbert. He's my guy. And we saw what he did over the weekend. The guy's awesome. He's so good. I did not want David Montgomery. And so I tried really hard to trade David Montgomery and I just couldn't do it. And now it's probably too late. So now I'm going to be stuck with him. Um, And so I woulda, coulda, shoulda, figured out a way to get him off my team and, and found a way to get, get Herbert on that specific team. Um, and then the one other thing that I'm kicking myself for, uh, I really wish that I would have drafted James Robinson because I felt good about Jacksonville going into this season. I liked a lot of these guys. I do have Trevor Lawrence. I do have Trav- Travis, Etienne, but I only have James Robinson in one league and he's doing just amazing. I mean, he's, he's playing so well, getting into the end zone every week. Uh, just the burst is there. He bounces back from an Achilles injury. I saw something today. It's like, this is the story of the, of the season so far. And it really is. That's a bounce back, comeback type of, type of story that you, you love to see. Uh, so I wish I had James Robinson a little bit more. What, what about for you? What it could have, should have for me, it's
1: another mid round sort of mishap in the draft. And that was not drafting Garrett Wilson In the middle rounds of my draft, I looked a lot at, you know, the group of Garrett Wilson, Drake London, Kadarius Toney, and Chris Olave, kind of all bunched together there in the eighth, ninth round. And I went Olave a few times, but the times where I didn't go Olave, I went Kadarius Toney over Garrett Wilson because I believed more in, you know, Brian Dayball being able to utilize him. Elijah Moore was great last year. So I thought he would be the number one alpha in New York. And I had more confidence in Tony getting a lot of targets against, you know, Kenny Galladay, who's been washed and Sterling Shepard than I did against Wilson with um, Elijah Moore. However, that has not been the case so far this year. Gary Stoney hasn't even been on the field for the Giants. Just hasn't been on the field. And Garrett Wilson has had a few great games now for the Jets with Joe Flacco. We'll see if it continues with Zach Wilson when he gets back. But right now, I'm kicking myself for, for taking Tony in the middle rounds instead of some of the other young receivers, rookie receivers, like Garrett Wilson, like Drake London.
0: Will Tony step it up now that Sterling Shepard appears to be out for a significant amount of time? That's So maybe 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 there's a little opportunity there. We'll see. It seems a little bleak, though, or cloudy. A lot of, lot of wide receivers, not sure who's going to step up. But um, everybody's still waiting for Kenny Galladay to <laughs> live up to that potential. <laughs> Uh, it's tough. It's tough. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to jump into uh, today's breakout, and then we'll get back to, to Harrison. We'll talk some more waiver wire. Uh, but each week on this show, we take a fantasy concept related to the Bible, related to our own lives. And this is a question that that we all ask ourselves. Why did I do that? And, and to go along the, the lines of woulda, coulda, shoulda, you know, there, there's maybe uh, you know, a, a quarterback that that we wish we would have drafted. There's a running back we wish that we would have picked up during waiver wires early in the season. Uh, there's that tight end that we shouldn't have drafted. We're like, oh my goodness, why did I draft that guy? What's he doing? Uh, if you drafted any Chicago Bears players other than Khalil Herbert, <laughs> you're, you're you're asking yourself, you know, why did I do that? And and so. I, I have to wrestle as a, as a fantasy manager who loves football. I enjoy watching games, you know, three TVs, red zone. It's awesome. But throughout the day, I find myself asking myself, wait, why did I do that? Why didn't I pick that guy up? Oh, I could have picked him up on waivers. Oh, why did I go with that guy instead of that guy? Oh, he just scored. He's on my bench. Why did I leave him on my bench? Oh, I, I should have put him in the flex. And instead, he's, he's scoring touchdowns on my, on my bench. And so we do this a lot of second guessing, and and you know we always have different choices between players on on lineup in our lineup and and you know waiver wire decisions and and all that. And so uh, the reality is, you know, we can't go back and draft again. We we can't you know reset our lineup from from last week. What whoever we put out there to 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 be in our lineup, that's what it is. When we hit submit, it's submitted. And and so what we can do though is we can learn from our mistakes and move on to the next week. And like we talked about last week, we don't panic. And in this week, it's now we don't, we don't have to to continue to uh, remain in the fantasy regret. You know, we can play a little woulda, coulda, shoulda, but but ultimately we say, all right, these are the guys I got. Who do I need to, you know, go pick up on the waiver wire this week? How do I make better decisions this week? How do I take into account what I learned last week and some of the mistakes that I did make to then help me become a better manager and have a better team for the rest of the season. And and so what makes fantasy great is that we do make mistakes. That we it's none of us can figure it all out. And and things happen and and wild, crazy stuff just goes on throughout the fantasy season. That's why we 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 love it and hate it at the same time. And so when it comes to Life as well, you know, bad decisions are a part of growing, learning, maturing, and, and moving through life. And, and so we can have feelings of regret, and, and sometimes they can overtake us. And, you know, there, there's the mornings where we wake up with that strong regret and, and we second guess our, our previously made actions and choices. And in some ways, in real life, you know, these feelings can be beneficial if they lead to a deep desire for change and a willingness to learn from our mistakes. And, and so rather than focusing on our regrets and, and just being this you know, regret-filled person and, and living in shame, we can find comfort in God's grace by falling to our knees and shifting our attention to the cross of Christ. And so we can surrender our lives to Jesus, we can follow him, and and we can know this, that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So let that set in. And so we now have the ability to rest in his love, rest in his grace, rest in his mercy, and then we move forward in repentance. And and, and we adjust our decision-making in the future. And so if we desire to avoid regret and truly please God, then we've, we, we, you know, we cling to him for wisdom and strength to choose rightly as we move forward in life. And we may you know, slip here and there, make a mistake here or there, and, and, and we go to him, we, we rest in the cross of Christ, we rest in his grace, and, and we say, all right, God, I blew it. Please show me what I can learn from this, how I can avoid it the next time, and continue to lead me and guide me and give me the wisdom that I need to, to live according to your word and according to the best life that you have laid out for me. Um, and so even though we you know, continue to make some, some of these poor decisions from time to time, Paul explains in Philippians three twelve through 14, not that I have already obtained it, this goal of being Christ-like or, or have already been made perfect but I actively press on so that I may take hold of that perfection for which Christ Jesus took hold of me and made me his own. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the heavenly prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And so as we follow Paul's example, we... Chase after Jesus. We leave behind our, our former life. We we leave behind our former mistakes. And, and we, we continue to chase Jesus and press on toward him and and, and toward uh, the the life that, that we have in Christ. Um and so we we thank him for calling us his own, for giving us for for forgiving us and giving us salvation. Um and so uh we don't have to continue to you know, beat ourselves up and, and live in the mistakes of the past. But no, we press on our eyes fixed on Jesus. And and if we're looking in the past, then we're missing out on the next exciting thing that God has for us. And, and so to, again, related to fantasy, if we're worried about the players that we should have drafted, or I could have gotten that guy on, on waivers, then we're not thinking about this week's lineup. Let's think about, all right, who's on our team. Who could we pick up in waivers? And who should we put in the starting lineup? And we focus on what's next, the next week, and we keep moving forward. And the same is true in life. And, and so, uh, you know, fantasy football and life guaranteed to be unpredictable, frustrating, and exhilari- exhilarating all at the same time. And, you know, we know we can never do everything right, but there's no value in living in regret. And so let's genuinely trust in the Lord, seek his will. And when we do, we can be assured that his path leads to life, truth, joy, and peace, and so let's rest in that today, and, and thank him for his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness. Um, and you know we're all broken people in need of a savior, and so we're so thankful for Jesus and what he's done for us. When it comes to fantasy football, you know there's no uh, savior out there. We've got to make adjustments. We got to learn. We got to uh, <laughs> we got to be wiser moving forward. And and so to help us do that, we'll bring Harrison, uh, back on with us as we uh, push ahead toward week number four. And and so as we take a look across the league, there are some some players that that may you know be leading us to some some panic. And and so let, let's begin with one of the best players in the league. He was awesome week one, but the last two weeks he has faded a little bit. And Minnesota won week three but Justin Jefferson continues to struggle so what level of peace panic or partial concern do you have for Justin Jefferson at this point
1: I don't really have any concern about Justin Jefferson but I think we just need to temper our expectations a little bit about what he's going to do this year going into the season everyone thought that he was going to surpass Cooper Cup and be the number one guy for any wide receiver but you know it's hard when you have a lot of other quality receivers on the team to just dominate targets like that and be the guy, especially when defenses are going to focus so much to you. And you have a – I don't want to say good, but smart quarterback in Kirk Cousins. I may regret saying smart, but I think he's a pretty smart quarterback. He's not going to throw it into triple coverage to Justin Jefferson. If K.J. Hmm. Osborne's open, if Adam Thielen is open, he's going to throw it to those guys instead. And I think because he had such a great week one – He's also a victim of his own success a little bit where now he's getting so much attention from the defense that it gets other guys open. And, you know, I just don't see him having a 25-point game week to week like we saw a Cup last year. Just because they're completely different players. I still think he'll have these huge boom games where he's just unguardable. But I think the, you know, the 25, 30-point weekly performances are just, you know, not a good expectation at this point.
0: Yeah, I, I think there's some uh panic that he he's not going to be the number one wide receiver in all of fantasy football this year and and put together a cooper cup type season because i think that was sort of the expectation like you were talking about so uh, yeah i would panic in that regard but as far as him being your wide receiver one no worries put fine. him in yeah put put him in he'll over the course of the year he will deliver the, the vikings they're, they're going to be fine they're going to be in the mix all year long as of now, Kirk Cousins doesn't get injured. So he's still out there. He's reliable. And you know, they do have some other weapons. So that, but that offense continues to, to be okay. Now, we'll have to talk about Dalvin in a little bit, but uh, but another kind of I would say a team with a top pick in Austin Eckler and then top quarterback, Justin Herbert, another solid receiver in Mike Williams. What is the level of panic for the Chargers? And we'll begin with with Austin Eckler, and I know for me, he's on one of my teams. I, I love him. He was awesome last year, but and I've always said, I've said this a lot. I like Eckler because he doesn't have to get a ton of volume to be effective. But with that, we counted on him getting touchdowns, and that hasn't been the case. And and we were probably unrealistic the expectation that he's just going to get into the end zone multiple times every week. That's not the case. And then with the chargers being as injured as they are, especially on the offensive line, especially with their quarterback and they only put up what, 10 points this week. That's there's definitely a level of panic there. So the talent's still there. We know what Eckler's capable of. I'll say partial concern about for you and you can extend it to the other guys on the chargers.
1: Yeah, I was pretty concerned about Eckler going into the season, especially at his draft price. I know you were really high on him, maybe taking him first, second overall. But just looking at what he had done in the past, I love Eckler as a player. I think he's an amazing talent. But just the way they've utilized him every year of his career, except for last year, I thought was going to be more of the trend this season where he's the pass catcher, but he's not the goal line guy. He only did that last year because you know the second best running back on the team was uh Joshua Kelly and now they brought in Sony Michelle they've got other guys there I think they'd much rather rotate the running backs and keep Eckler fresh and keep him healthy for the season because he is you know he's he's built but he's still a smaller guy he's not a you know 220 pound running back um so I think he's going to be great but I think that top five running back upside isn't necessarily there which which is disappointing because that's where a lot of people drafted him as and for the rest of the Chargers I'm not super concerned. I am concerned about the O-line injuries, but I think they will figure it out in a couple of weeks once Keenan Allen comes yeah. back. I just think for the rest of their weapons, when you look at guys like Mike Williams and, and Gerald Everett, these are not guys who in their career have been number one, you know, alpha go-to guys. They've been more complimentary pieces and they have been great in that role, but they need a guy like Keenan Allen to sort of be the security brand blanket for Justin Herbert. I think they really missed that the last couple of weeks. And now that Keenan Allen should be coming back this week, I think the offense will be clicking a lot more because Keenan Allen will be on the field. Mike Williams will now be able to get one-on-one coverage again on the outside and won't be focused on as much. Gerald Everett will be able to work against the linebackers and not get as much attention. Same thing with Eckler. I think Eckler is going to benefit a lot from Keenan Allen being back. So I think that was a huge miss for them the last couple of weeks, but they'll be okay for the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, I, I would like to see the Chargers just rest Herbert and get him healed, whether that takes one or two weeks. To me, him fighting through the injury all season long makes me nervous, especially with a makeshift offensive line that's not protected him as well as they need to. So I don't know what they'll do if they'll keep putting him out there, but it wasn't it wasn't it didn't work out. It didn't work out against Jacksonville on on Sunday. So. Uh, maybe get him healthy. Um, uh, real quickly, we've got a, a question on on YouTube asking, do I trade Derrick Henry for Najee Harris and CeeDee Lamb? Mm-hmm. I I would say yes, because I like getting two quality players there. Uh, now, here here are my takes on the season overall. One, I'm out on the Titans. I think they're going to struggle this year. I don't like that offense. Derrick Henry had a nice game yesterday, but it was against the Raiders So on Sunday. Uh, I'm not I'm not overly confident in him. I'm also really concerned that Harris, based on volume last year, based on the dependence that the Steelers have on him, poor quarterback play, they need Harrison Harris, they're going to ride him too much that he's going to get injured. Like He's already banged up, but he might be injured to where he's going to be out at some point this year. That's why I really like Jalen Warren stashed on my bench because he looks good. A rookie running back coming in for Harris at some point. Um. However, in this situation, I would probably do that trade. I, I'd probably try to grab Harris and, and Lamb. Lamb, not a great first half, a lot of concerns, <laughs> dropping dropping a touchdown, but he redeemed himself in the second half uh, against the Giants, and we see the talent there, the potential. And uh, Cooper Rush doing all right, doing all right. So, uh, so anyway, I don't know where you come out on that potential trade.
1: I would I would probably make that trade as well because I I view Henry and Harris very similarly as yeah. you know two. Great monster running backs, but just on bad offenses. So they're pretty much equal for me for the rest of the season. Even though I'm not a huge C.D. Lamb fan, the value of getting him as well is definitely more than having just Derek Henry on your team. So I would make that trade.
0: Cool. So there you go. Hopefully that's helpful. If you have any other questions, or we'll at least give you our thoughts and and help help coach you through uh, some some decisions and opportunities that you might have on your on your roster. So with that in mind, let's also now talk waiver wire and let's discuss some guys that you know maybe are coming off either one big week or a couple big weeks that were a little bit under the radar. And if you've listened to this show over the last couple of months, you have noticed that Harrison, he says by accident, has used the word legit. He has he has instead of legit, you know, normal word legit. Harrison has emphasized legit. So we're going to give him this segment. We're going to ask the question, is he legit? And we're going to go through a couple of names. And let's go back to Thursday. David Njoku for Cleveland. Tight end with a slight buzz, but had a monster game for, uh, for, for the Browns uh, during their win against the Steelers. Is he legit?
1: I think David Njoku is definitely legit because (laughs) when you watch that game, one, just from an athlete standpoint, he's an athletic freak. Like he is unbelievable. He got paid in the offseason. Cleveland clearly wants to use him in the game plan and keep him around. But Brissett was looking to him early and often. On those drives where Cleveland had to go down the field and score a touchdown, had to get points on the board, he was going. First read, second read, third read were all David Njoku. He was throwing it to him every single play. I know Amari Cooper is really nice, but those were more longer developing routes. He was getting the ball to Cooper. I think Njoku is a great player in this offense. I think Brissett's really going to look to him. And even when Deshaun Watson comes back later in the season, Deshaun Watson has loved the tight ends in the red zone. So I think Njoku for the rest of the year is going to have a great season. I would definitely pick him up. He may be a little bit streaky week to week from your tight end spot, but all tight ends not named Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews are really streaky week to week. So I would definitely pick him up and start him if he's on waivers in your league.
0: Go get him. Yeah, you got to add depth, add some some tight ends, play the – Russian roulette, find somebody, find somebody, anybody put in that tight end spot. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. So, uh, that was, that was encouraging to see from him. All right. Let me ask you about Romeo Dobbs, Green Bay Packers wide receiver, had a very nice game. And it's, it's always nice when you hear a coach say, yeah, we're going to try to use that guy more, and then actually comes through. And I was out running some errands. I saw that news, uh, last week. And I immediately went out and picked up Dobbs because I had him on my roster. Then I dropped him. Then I went back to get him, and he delivered uh, eight receptions, seventy-three yards, five-yard touchdown pass. Is he legit?
1: I do not think that he is legit. I mean, boo. I think this is I a. Like I it. know they said they want to get him more involved, but I think this is a big, you know, reaction to both Sammy Watkins and Christian Watson being out for this game and him having to step up as the number two option there. you know, Alan Lazard is still you know recovering from injury a little bit as well. I think Lazard is going to get better and be more involved as the season goes on. Watson, I think, is going to get better and be more involved. Watkins, once he gets back on the field, will be better. I just don't think there's going to be enough passing volume in the offense to support all four of them. Um, you know, I think he he's someone to worth having on your bench, but I would not start him under any means unless, you know, at least two of the other wide receivers on the team are injured. I just don't think going forward, he's going to have enough volume to support, you know, a flex position or even a wide receiver
0: three or two position on your team. All right. I'm going to go the opposite. I'm all in on Dobbs. He, he's legit. He's got it. He's got the talent. Green Bay's looking for somebody to step up. They're begging. And then, there was hype in the offseason, and now he's delivering. And Aaron Rodgers, he needs a couple weapons. They, they're going to throw the ball. Like, I know the, the running backs, and uh, they weren't great this past weekend. It was a low-scoring game against the, the Bucks, But they'll, they'll lean on the, the run game. But we're talking about Aaron Rodgers, the MVP of the league. They're going to throw the ball. He's got to throw somebody. Lazard, solid. Dobbs is going to be your number two guy all season long. I'm in. I'm not worried. Christian Watson, you know, he's got a, he's got a ways to go to develop, and he's banged up. Uh, they're fine. They'll get to him at some point. He may contribute down the line. Sammy Watkins, who Sammy Watkins, Sammy Watkins is still in the NFL. Get him out of here. Forget about it. Robert Tunyon, all right, decent tight end. They're gonna find somebody. It's gonna be Dobbs. Go get him. Pick him up. Maybe put him in your flex, but but give it a, give it a week or two before you confidently put him in the starting lineup. I, I, that's that's a fair that's a fair point. Um, but, I, but you definitely want him on your roster, and I, I think he's the real deal. All right, let's talk about a couple other guys on the waiver um, and, and, and whether or not you want to pick him up. I'll, I'll say it again. Go get Khalil Herbert, whatever it takes. Find him, get him on your team. You want him. My guess is most in most leagues, he's already rostered. That would be, that would be the thought there. Uh, same with Jamal Williams. He's been a, a vulture scoring some touchdowns away from DeAndre Swift, and, and he should already be rostered. Alexander Madison, he should also be rostered, filling in for Dalvin Cook. The big questions with these three guys, Herbert Williams and Madison, they absolutely should be rostered. Come game day, will you start them? That's where you're going to have to really keep up with the injury reports and, and whether or not, you know, it seems like the Lions are going to rest Swift for a couple of weeks. It seems like uh, Montgomery could use at least a week off. And, and then with, with Cook, I'm not, I'm not as certain. Um, so. Anyway, uh, your thoughts kind of on on the waiver wire and your approach this week.
1: I think you totally have to go get all of those guys. If you're in a fab league, though, I would not go out and spend, you know, like 50% of your fab on Khalil Herbert. I know it's really tempting after the week he had last year and we let we, last week. And then we saw it last year as well when he filled in for Montgomery. But as of right now, Montgomery may only miss a couple weeks. So you, and when Montgomery comes back, I don't think Herbert's going to be super involved. We've seen that throughout his career. So I don't think he's worth you know throwing a ton of your budget on. But if you're just in a normal league, then definitely go pick him up. If you're not having to spend anything to get him.
0: All right. So here's a name for everybody to 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 know and remember, Craig Reynolds. So he filled in last year when Swift was out for Detroit and was unbelievable. He was awesome. And I think at that point, Jamal Williams was also out, so that's why Reynolds got so much volume. But And so Williams is going to get first crack at it. He's going to get a lot of carries. But what we've seen in Detroit, Williams and Swift, for the most part, have both been you know contributors, and this Detroit offense has shown they've got multiple fantasy guys that, that can produce. And so Craig Reynolds, I think he's going to get an opportunity to be in the mix, and if you're desperate at running back, Reynolds is a guy that you want on your team with the potential, depending on how long Swift is out, uh, to to even put in your lineup. He he was that impressive at the end of last year, and, and so I know it was toward the end of the year, people probably weren't keeping up with Detroit. Craig Reynolds, it's a it's a it's a name. Any any other names before we get out of here, Harrison? That that you're taking a look at on the waiver wire this week.
1: One more name that I would throw out there is Greg Dortch, the wide receiver for the Arizona Cardinals. You know, came out of nowhere pretty much because of a lot of injuries to, uh, you know, we know DeAndre Hopkins' suspension. Rondell Moore is also injured right now. As long as Rondell Moore is out, Dorch is the number two target behind Hollywood Brown in this offense and has put up great fancy performances the first three weeks, 13 points, 15 points, 17 points. I think he is definitely worth a roster and probably a flex spot if uh, Rondell Moore comes out again this week. But if Rondo Moore is healthy, then he's probably not worth it. But monitor the Rondo Moore situation. If he's injured, go get Dortch and go start him.
0: There you go. Thanks so much, Harrison Zuckerberg. uh, Great show today. Uh, Two other names that I'll mention as well: Jalen Warren. I mentioned it earlier from Pittsburgh. He's a guy worth stashing, and so is James Cook. I think James Cook on Buffalo. It seems like a lot of people are are like dropping him, and because he hasn't had a ton of volume don't don't give up on him just yet. He's a guy that you might want down the stretch. So keep it at least keep an eye on Cook. Uh, if you have a deep enough be- bench, uh, James Cook is is worthwhile. So that Buffalo offense, even though they lost to Miami, they'll be fine. Y- you want you want guys on that roster. Y- you really do. You-, you want them on your roster. So uh, there's a couple other names to uh, to consider. All right, well, enjoyed it today. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for the questions. You can email me anytime fantasy at unpackingit.com. Hopefully you are a member on fantasyfootballfellowship.com. That email will go out later today with next week's uh, breakout. And so you can read that. uh, And then of course, listen to it here on the podcast and would love for you to encourage your league to check out fantasy football fellowship as well. So we appreciate uh, you spreading the word and, and sharing it. So, so thanks so much, but that's all for today. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans and fantasy owners who follow Jesus together. Again, today's reminder is not to live in regret, but to press forward, to leave the past behind, rest in God's grace, rest in his love, his mercy, his forgiveness, we acknowledge our mistakes, we repent, we turn from them and we head toward him and toward the life and the path that he has for us. It's the best. So let's continue to seek him with all of our heart and, and not live in regret, not live in shame. Jesus breaks us free of that, but we have to turn to him and we have to rest and surrender, rest in him and surrender our lives to him. So let's do that. And as far as fantasy goes, don't live in the regret either. Go to the waiver wire, go get the next the next great player. A lot's gonna change as the season goes along just keep moving forward. Even if you lost this past week, forget about it. Move forward. Let's go. Next week, we'll get the win. We'll get the win. I lost by one point last night. I'm still, I'm, I'm frustrated, but I got to move forward. All right, so you're, you're right there with me. But have a great one. Enjoy the games this weekend. We'll talk all about it next Tuesday right here on the Fantasy Football Fellowship Podcast presented by MediShare.